You are listening to Chris Wells Clubhouse Chatter, an unofficial podcast about Texas Rangers baseball. Talking Rangers baseball when others don't. Hi, everybody. Thank you for listening. This is Heath Criswell, and this is episode number six. I know it's been a while since I've done one of these things, um, so I appreciate you listening. I know the sound, to me at least, is off. Um, there's just a, a lot of... Uh, this microphone is just pretty sensitive, and I still haven't quite figured out how to uh, avoid picking up even the slightest noise, so... Um, I appreciate you bearing with me. I will get it figured out one of these days. Um, so I wanted to cover, obviously, a variety of things in this particular podcast. Um, all about the Rangers, of course, um, including the manager search that the Rangers will be doing, um, Adrian Beltre's possible retirement. Uh, season stats and also the Rangers draft pick um, of course we all know it was a disappointing season um, although it, it was expected now I had higher hopes I think than most people because I thought the Rangers were going to be a 500 team prior to the start of the season I guess just being optimistic about it even you know though I knew that we were going to have some pitching issues I didn't think it was going to be I guess as bad as it was and I thought the offense would kind of uh, carry the team a little more especially in the first half of the season Um, of course the Rangers ended up with a record of 67 and 95 which was good for last place in the division and so I just kind of wanted to just get started with the Bannister firing Um, the timing did seem a little weird to me um, given that there were only 10 games remaining in the season. Um, but, you know, all the beat writers like Evan Grant, um, you know, had written articles uh, about there being some communication issues between Bannister and the players, with some of those issues being, uh, you know, maybe the players were told that they were going to get a day off um, when in reality they came in and uh, they were not given a day off. Um, I don't know, that seems like something that would be rather easy to fix if it was just simple communication issues like that. So part of me thinks that it was a little more than that, but, you know, maybe not. Um, but, it, I mean, if that is the case, I mean, there obviously were some issues, then, you know, I'm, I'm okay with the decision to uh, part ways with Bannister. Um, as far as who's being considered for the position, um, I think everyone at this point is, um, including um, Don Wakamatsu, who obviously is was the interim manager um, during the last ten games. Uh, the Rangers went three and seven um, during that time. Um, now Wakamatsu does have previous manager experience because he managed the Seattle Mariners in 2009 and 2010. Um, had a record of 127 wins and 147 losses, including the three and seven uh, with the Rangers this year. Um, I've heard names being thrown out, obviously, as far as like internal candidates, as far as Tony Beasley, uh, Steve 
Bouchel, um, who I used to love um, as a player, and then um, a few other internal candidates as well. I've also heard uh, Joe Girardi uh, being mentioned, and remember he won a World Series with the Yankees. Um, and then Carlos Beltran, who of course is a former player, and then there's also been other names, I think like uh, Mark De La Rosa was also um, mentioned as well. But I know Daniels has already come out and said that they're not um, going to interview you know, 15 different guys for the position. Um, I guess that's just not very feasible. So uh, we'll see who they narrow the list down to. And as far as some of these names being mentioned, I don't really know that I have a uh, clear-cut favorite at this point. Although Carlos Beltran, his, uh, his being mentioned does kind of intrigue me um, because you know he would also be bilingual as well. You know, and he kind of fits the mold uh, that teams are, are kind of going to right now as far as a younger, you know, more recently retired player as being a manager. Um, so that would kind of fit the mold there as well. But uh, who knows the direction the Rangers are, are going to be going. Um, John Daniels doesn't normally spill any, any secrets and, you know, kind of leaves... Um, leaves the gate open really so I mean really it could be any one of these guys and it may not even be a guy that we've heard of yet either and I just really want a manager that you know knows how to work with pitchers um, obviously the Rangers have had pitching issues for years it seems like that's the you know the team mantra pretty much every year is that we're just going to have bad pitching uh, this year was no different um, you know, Matt Moore, you know, I initially liked the signing, thinking that maybe just a change of scenery would do him some good, but it, it didn't. Um, he definitely won't be back with the Rangers next year, and I think really the only one that is penciled in as far as a starter at this point would be um, Mike Miner. So the Rangers are going to have to have, you know, not only manager search, but, you know, we're going to have to go bargain shopping again really um, for some pitching this offseason as well so I'm curious to see how that's going to go too um, and of course you know the pitching I, I think the uh, pitching coach needs to um, be fired as well Doug Brokell he has not impressed me the stats have gotten worse every year that he's been uh, with the Rangers as far as the pitching coach. Um, and it's not all his fault. I don't want to, you know, make that assumption. Um, I mean, you have to work with what you're given. So, again, it's it's not all his fault. But to get worse every year, um, that's just not acceptable. Um, but changes probably need to be made in the minor league system as well when it comes to pitching and developing. And I want to go ahead and talk about Adrian Beltre and of course the possibility of him uh, retiring. We could have seen him play his last game in a uniform, uh, not only a Rangers uniform, but just in a uniform period. Um, Beltre is just a 
special player and of course I don't personally know him but everything that you see um, and hear from him is just you know an example of of how professional athlete should be um, we've been lucky as Ranger fans that he's played in front of us for the last eight years and especially this year too we got to uh, watch him you know add to you know his records as well which has been pretty amazing to see um, some of this will honestly never see again so um, you know we've been pretty blessed to be able to see that so you know Beltre spent eight years with the Rangers and played in 1098 games and hit 199 home runs and had 699 runs batted in um, of course you know being the leader of the uh, club you know, just in the clubhouse and, of course, on the field. Uh, I will say if he does not come back, then the Rangers definitely will not look the same um, without him. Um, but, of course, you know, every good thing must come to an end. Um, and it appears that it might be heading that direction. Now, I will say, do I think that Beltre could play another year in the uh, major leagues absolutely I do um, you know of course there's always concern with his um, hamstrings obviously you know the older you get to those don't heal as good or as fast and there's always a concern with re-injuring a hamstring as well but with him being the primary designated hitter um, if you noticed you know, during the later part of the season when that happened, after he re-aggravated his hamstring, he was able to stay healthy um, when he was the primary designated hitter. So, um, you know, I think that he could definitely come back for another season, maybe even two, if he wanted to. But the question is, is does he want to? I think it would be cool for him to um, play his final season in the new ballpark um, but that's just my opinion but uh, I don't know if Adrian Beltre will ever hear this but thank you for everything and then of course I wanted to talk about the team stats um, for uh, 2018 as well um, offensively the Rangers weren't too bad I mean, they kind of were in the middle of the pack really except uh, for you know, like batting average. Um, but the pitching is what really did it. And we were towards the bottom of the league, and I think we actually were um, the very bottom in strikeouts. But, of course, we'll go over all of that. So to start off with batting average, uh, the Rangers had an average of uh, 240, which was actually 23rd. Um, and then if we go from average to home runs, uh, the Rangers um, hit 194 home runs this year, and that was good for uh, 12. Um, runs batted in, they had 
696 runs batted in, which was good for 14th. So as you can tell, they're kind of um, almost right in the middle um, offensively. Um, stolen bases, they had 74 stolen bases, stolen bases, uh, which was good for 18th in the league. Their on-base percentage um, was probably, actually it was right in the middle at 15th at 318, which surprises me. I know um, towards the beginning of the year we were um, at the bottom, so you know I think it was that second half when the offense kind of woke up um, that, that improved. Um, strikeouts. Um, we all know that there were quite a few games where the Rangers offense had double digits in strikeouts. Um, looks like they had 1,484 strikeouts, uh, which was fourth in the league as far as that goes. Now, just to go ahead and go over to the pitching side, because this obviously is where the Rangers need to improve most this offseason. Um, uh, earned run average of 4.92, which was 28th in the league. And strikeouts, we were uh, dead last with 1,121. That was 30th, um, so last place, uh, which really isn't surprising. Now, as far as saves, the Rangers had 42 saves, which was good for 13th. Uh, you know, Jose Leclerc lights out. Um, so, you know, it looks like we've got the closer position locked down for next year, by the way. With um, whip, walks, and hits per nine innings, um, we were 25th at 1.40. And so, as you can tell, that's just, it's not good. Now, we gave up. 222 home runs as a pitching staff, which was third, um, which is is not good. That's basically like towards the bottom of the list as far as home runs. Now, we walked 491 batters, which actually puts us at 22nd, which was basically right there with the Tigers at 491. So um, that, that wasn't too bad, really. Um, I'll, I'll take that, but obviously the earned run average, um, the whip, and of course the batting average against us just was not good. Our pitchers did not miss many bats this year, that's for sure. So the batting average against um, our staff was um, 271, which was good for 28th place in the league. So that's where the issue was this year. I'm going to go ahead and talk about the draft uh, for next year um, as well at this point, just to kind of uh, let everybody know where we're at. So maybe bad of me, but I was really hoping the last week of the season that we would pretty much just tank to um, go above the Reds and get the seventh pick instead of the eighth. I know it's only one um, spot difference, 
Um, that's okay. I'll, I'll definitely get over that. It's, it's not a big deal. But uh, so the Orioles obviously have the first pick of the draft. And at this point, and of course it's way early, so nothing is set in stone here. Um, this is just a mock draft that I was looking at on uh, MLB.com is that uh, Bobby Witt Jr. Uh, would be the overall pick. Um, this actually had the Rangers as picking sixth, which uh, they have as taking C.J. Abrams, who's a shortstop, um, who's got a, uh, a high ceiling. Um, of course, that really, I don't know if he would fall to us um, you know, with us having the eighth pick of next year's draft. But someone that could fall, um, that may be of interest to the Rangers, would be Reese Hines. Um, he's a shows shortstop at third base, but he's got a power bat. Uh, he bats from the uh, right-hand side, I believe, that, uh, you know, he's got some huge power uh, potential and also has a plus arm and with a chance to be a solid defender um, at the next level. So that uh, kind of piques my interest there. I don't know about you, but especially if Beltre retires, then, you know, we could be looking at, obviously, you know, no one would be ready next year. It would probably take a f you know, few more years at least, would be my guess for them. You know, especially to be in Arlington. Again, uh, Reese Hines would be someone who I'd be looking at. Um, at this point, there's also a couple of you know a few pitchers as well. Uh, Zach Thompson, they had the Blue Jays taking at uh, seventh. Uh, he missed time with an elbow issue, um, but did return um, in May, um, and apparently has a fastball that can throw up to 95 miles per hour. And he is a uh, left-hander as well. Um, so you know, there's an outfielder, uh, Riley Green. Uh, who committed to the Florida Gators, uh, swings from the left-hand side with power. Um, obviously, we have a lot of left-handed power hitters at this point, so we wouldn't really need that. But again, this is for the future. So I'm not necessarily talking about, you know, tomorrow that these guys would be ready because it would be years away. Um, but I just thought it would be cool to, you know, kind of take a, a peek. Um, and, of course, I'll keep you up to date. Uh, the only thing I would ask you to do um, is to continue to go online at chriswellcc.com. If you do see posts, which we're going to have a few um, hit within the next few days, then uh, please share those with other Rangers fans. Um, and we, of course, are pretty much on almost every major social media platform as well. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Reddit, all at chriswellcc. So we've made it easy. If you're on any of those platforms, give us a follow. And let's talk Rangers. Thank you for listening to Chris Wells Clubhouse Chatter. 